Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. There we have it. Good morning, LinkedIn, an auspicious red letter day here in the Good Listening To Show Clearing. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome back for his second pass through the clearing, Johan Ilgenfritz, a man to who I am incredibly grateful because um, the story we're about to tell is um, he is the founder and CEO of UK Health Radio, which has, um, with its humble beginnings, now become the world's number one talk health radio. It started about 12, 13 years ago, after a very mm. critical incident or two that Johan had circa 2011. Um, it started very humbly with one presenter, one show, two listeners, to now having, I think it's close to 50 listeners now. It was 42 a few months ago, but I think you've extended the stable even more. But you've got um, 1.3 million listeners and growing, 1.4 million listeners, I said it was growing, across 54 countries, maybe there's more. This is your second pass through the clearing. We spoke to each other um, three years ago during the, the zombie apocalypse, as I like to call it. But we spoke in the January and then in June, you very kindly took me on board as one of the new presenters on the show. So I'm incredibly grateful to you because it's now given me and this show its global platform and arena. I'm delighted to have you here. Welcome, Johan Ilgenfritz. Thank you so much, Chris. A pleasure and an honor to be here with you again today. Wonderful. And um, just to blow a bit of extra context at you, um, you can tell the story of this, but uh, you had a heart attack um, in February 2011 on a tennis court. Luckily, you were playing a doctor. So is there a doctor on the court? And then before you could recover, long story short, in June of the same year, you then got a pretty catastrophic cancer diagnosis. But that was 2011. And um, well, looking at you, how fantastic that you're the right way up and you've had an extraordinary journey. We'll get on to all of that, but it's it's a delight to have you here. So how's morale and what's your story of the day, Johan Ilgenfritz? Morale is, is excellent. Uh, story of the day, but went for a wonderful run this morning in the rain, it, typical London rain, beautiful, soft, cold rain and um, thoroughly enjoyed it, yes. And I know that uh, you, you literally say about yourself, at 4 a.m. in the morning, you bounce out of bed and normally yes. you're, you're scampering around the streets of London. You've also very, very recently done some wonderful uh, charity work for a homeless and rough sleeping charity, which you're raising money for, which I hope you'll also speak about. Um, yes. You, you slept rough yourself to directly experience it. So rather than just empathising, you can now directly sympathise. Yes, a tremendous experience, um, especially, you know, on my on my very early morning runs, as, as you've just mentioned, I see many, many people, male, female, and even very young people sleeping rough. And um, this has really given me an experience of actually what it feels like to really sleep rough. The only difference, of course, is it was one night. Yes. And I had a very warm, very welcome home to go to, back to. Yes. Which um, which made it easier. It wasn't easy. It's not an easy thing to do, I promise you. Yeah. Even with, with all the feather sleeping bags and preparation, we had to keep it real. We couldn't go there with blow-up mattresses and something like that. So we, we could take a sleeping bag, cardboard, uh, plastic for covering, and it yeah. did rain as well. So luckily I had that there. But still, it's... Um, it gave at least gave me an insight into the life of somebody that that sleeps rough that lives on the street and it's catastrophic if i could yes and, for, and if for i lack may of say any other word 
you are you are kindness personified, Johan, in everything you're up to. I know that and feel incredibly warm towards you because of that. Also, in what you were just saying, you said we couldn't take X, we couldn't take Y. Yeah. Were you doing it as as a sort of group, or so you even had the you didn't have the extra dynamic, which I, I'm not wanting you to experience, but the sort of acute loneliness that goes with the isolation of sleeping rough. Absolutely, it's um, it's it was together with the charity that uh, we did this. It's CEOs from companies that do this and that then privately or through their company or both raise as much money as possible to um, to go to charities that help people that are um, homeless. I, di- I, did, I, I did it perf- exactly because of that, because I... Um, they talk you through it. They show you the charities that you will be supporting. You can even choose in which charity you want your money to go, if I could put it that way, or the yes. money you had raised to go. And um, yeah, I just it it just you know a lot of charities, a lot of money gets lost along the way, um, but not in this one. In this one, really, it lands where it's needed. And it's next level corporate social responsibility because it requires you to actually go and do it rather than just um, throw money at it. Correct. Yes. It's it's called the CEO sleep out. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, some of the money I raised, there was a bit of my money in there as well, just to get the, the it started up and going and moving forward. Um, but yes, it's it's raising money. It's involving people. It's animating people to look um, to think, etc. So um, that's why um, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it because it was an experience that I probably wouldn't have had um, in my life. So yeah. And there's a lovely parallel there between the fact you directly experienced your own cancer di- diagnosis to now be the CEO of the world's number one talk health radio. And I, I was very struck in the early days of researching you that you don't talk about it, it being a health crisis. You describe it as being a health opportunity and, and your philosophy of carpe diem and, and seizing the day and, and actually galvanizing and trying to get better health advice was what got you going with UK health radio. Correct. It, it had of course, it it was um, well devastating when I got the first one. Yeah, I, I always split them up into two because I had two diagnoses. The one was the first one was just cancer. The second one was terminal cancer. Um, but yes, it it turned into my life opportunity. The, the reason I'm here. That's what it turned into. Um, it took me away from my previous job, was which was a fashion photographer. And brought me to do UK Health Radio, which, as you mentioned earlier, I bounce out of bed at quarter to four in the mornings, cannot wait to start um, my day here. And uh, it's it's changed my life completely. So, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And I know your wife, Raffaella, is involved directly too. And you have UK Health Triangle magazine as well, which is another evolution of the wonderful channel and and the health advice that it gives on a global level correct health triangle magazine um is a i wanted uh, i'm very unfortunate to be married to one of the best designers around literally she's worked with people like mario garcia and all kinds of them and um I sold it to her as a newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did. They're good influencing skills. <laughs> and, and 120 issues later, um, El Triangle magazine has evolved into this absolutely beautiful, vibrant, no light blue and gray like all other health magazines. This thing looks like a fashion magazine. It's yes. vibrant. It's positive. But it's only health. It's got nothing else in there. And but I must say, by the way, I'm so, so grateful to you. I, I want to say it live on air that I'm grateful to you because you've given me the most glorious platform. And I, I've sort of ha- I'm being treated by you as if I'm the equivalent of Desert Island Discs, but on UK Health Radio, where I do a show which is based in a clearing uh, rather than a desert island and with stories rather than music, which is what this is about. So let's get you on the open road of your second pass through the clearing. 
Um, as we know, this is a dynamic format where should you be here three years later, it's highly likely that your answers are going to be different because the world has moved on since January the 27th, uh, circa 2021. We're now three years later. I'm also really struck by the way that this is the month, February is your anniversary month, which is very profound as we record uh, as another yet another year of survival. And I'm so delighted that we're here and, and you know, doing the maths. That's that's 13 years ago that that first happened. And here we are. Not, and so you've survived terminal cancer. You are absolutely there, which is brilliant to see. Yeah, they gave me 12 months. It's been, as you mentioned, um, almost 18 years beautiful so it's my great privilege to curate you through a clearing a tree there'll be a juicy storytelling exercise five four three two one there'll be a couple of random squirrels a cheeky bit of shakespeare a golden baton and a cake so it's all to play for so uh, where is what is a clearing for you at johan ilgenfritz your serious happy place where do you go to get clutter free inspirational and able to think um i actually have two ways of of achieving that um the, the focus the first one is the focus one uh, in the mind um i have this beautiful place where i go it's actually a cactus garden <laughs> wow. it's um it, it's not all fantasy i actually experienced this garden on ibiza it was probably one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen or ever been in and I made a visual 3D image of that garden in the time I was there. And I visit that garden often um, for, for meditations, for peace and quiet, for silence, etc. The other, the other part is actually more physical, but it's it's intertwined with with the mind space thing as well. It's uh, is my running. I know I've mentioned it already today and I'll probably mention it again um, but running has become such a a massive part in my life um, I don't run with music I run only with myself I don't run with other runners at all um, except for my my younger son who runs a little bit with me and then I go off um, but it's actually become like an extension of my meditation, my my mind time in my quiet time in uh, my cactus garden. Oh, that's such a lovely answer. So rich. And I love the fact that it's a specific cactus garden in Ibiza in yeah. your head as you run. So if I may, that's perfect. I'm now going to arrive with a tree deliberately existentially a bit waiting for Godot-esque, a bit Beckett-y um, because of my acting background. I'm going to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out. And this is where you've been kind enough within your cactus scape running uh, world um, to have thought about four things that have shaped you, three things that inspire you. Two things that never fail to grab your attention, and that's where the random squirrels uh, come in. You know what never fails to grab your attention irrespective of anything else that's going on for you in your very hectic uh, and very impressive life. And then the one is a quirky or unusual fact about you. Uh, Johan Ilgenfrist, founder, CEO of UK Health Radio. We couldn't possibly know about you until you tell us. So it, it's not a memory test. I'll curate you through it as we go, but <laughs> over to you to shake the canopy of your cactus tree as you see fit. Yeah. Um, I, th I think, well, let's start with the, uh, the four things uh, that shaped my life. Uh, definitely, definitely four things. Karate or um, martial arts, art school, going to visiting an art school, army, um, and cancer, those four things. So karate um, in, the, in the sense of I was a very a very thin, very slight child. Um, and karate, I started it at, at the age of, of nine. And it just, it, it really gave me what I needed. It gave me the, the self-confidence, uh, the physical exercise and everything else um, that I needed at that time. Let's put it that way. It was it was fantastic. I I did it for eleven years. Um, I have a black belt. Well, I still say I have one. I haven't practiced karate for many many years, but um, I earned it. And um, I think back at that time 
very um, fondly. I was a, I was a, a national champion as well, so I I, I think I, I got the most out of what a sport can give you. I I got out of out of karate. Your your level and degree of self awareness pertaining to your physical presence is very profound because I know you've healed from within. And you've really done that, and that that makes complete sense. I mean, your 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 running prowess and your discipline within that, and you know the health benefits of it. But also, I, I'm just really impressed with the sort of zen-like capability to be physical, which obviously comes with being a black belt in a, in a discipline like karate. I do think it's helped me tremendously throughout my life. Um, discipline, you know, a lot of people see discipline as as in the army. Um, which of course it is, but there's many shapes and forms of discipline. It's getting up in the morning at quarter to four every morning um, to do what you need to do for that day. It's it's a lot of things. So yes, definitely been um, far outweighs the the ability to defend myself, or it really does. It 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 far outweighs the, the discipline side of it. Far outweighs that, and of course it's. It's um, it animates you to succeed to or to proceed. It's not always about succeeding, but to get to the next belt, the next level, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's um, so yeah. It's it's and it's sort of given my life a a um, sort of like a a blueprint on on how to, you don't go from a white belt to a black belt. You go from a white belt to a yellow belt, to an orange belt, to a green belt, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it puts it into, into steps, if I could almost put it that way. And that's really helped me a lot as well, uh, especially with the cancer and with UK Health Radio in achieving some of the things I want to achieve. And you talk about defense, the inner defense it's given you is the thing that's really, really yeah. profound as well. So you say the ability, it's not about defending myself, but actually in, inwardly you've profoundly defended yourself, which is very, very commendable and impressive. Yeah. And then art school. Art school was, <laughs> art school was yeah. a blast. <laughs> art, yeah. Art, art school taught me to think and live outside of the box which um, not many people experienced to the degree that I experienced it. Um, the art school I attended at university was absolutely it. We could literally push boundaries until we were blue in the face. And then a bit more even if we, if we had the inclination or the energy left. So, and we did. So, so that, was, that was profound. That was, that was an amazing time. Um, and very, very, very necessary um, in my life at that stage as well. It's funny how things happen to you at somehow at the right time always, even though it, in retrospect you can see it's at the right time. Yes, it's the joining the dots up backwards that Mark, sorry, that Steve Jobs very uh, famously talked about how when you look over your shoulder, you can join the dots up backwards and with the beauty of hindsight all makes sense. But the challenge is how to future focus, but carrying all that you are with you towards that future. Yeah. And then um, Army. Army um, taught me uh, to survive inside a box. Not live and think outside of it, but to survive inside of the box. I've always been a person that, it's not that I don't like being told what to do, but it's got to make sense to me what I'm being told. And then I'll go, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go with it. But if people tell me to do things that don't make sense, I sort of say, no, I don't feel like it. And, of course, you can't do that in the army. Um, and that gave me, um, that taught me to live inside of that box and survive inside of a box without um, mentally, physically, and spiritually, for that matter. At that stage, I didn't realize that the spiritual and the mental side of it um, would help me further on. But even the physical side of it, um, 
yeah, it was it, it was a hard but also very necessary time in my life. Lovely answers. These are great shapages. Uh, next one. Well, the the last one is probably the most profound, and that was uh, my cancer's uh, cancer di uh, the, uh, uh, the cancer di uh, being diagnosed with cancer. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew what you were trying to say, but I waited for you to, to yeah. get. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it has fundamentally just changed everything. I I started. Um, evaluating my own life life as a, as as it is life and, and it just it's it, you know it brings you to point to a point where um i was evaluating beliefs even um beliefs that i had created beliefs that i had been given uh, through parents through friends through family whatever and it just it, it just it changed my life completely i i, I am literally a 180 degree person to what i used to be it's um it, it's it's probably i have i have a saying i have, actually have a mantra and part of the mantra is everything that happens happens for you we we just touched on it a bit earlier with Steve Jobs and everything with connecting the jobs, the dots, um, and it's it's unreal. If you if if you actually believe what I've just said, everything that happens happens for you. Even at the time when it's happening, you might not think so, but just if you evaluate it, if you wait, if you think and evaluate it you will see why or life will show you why that happened but you have to be aware of it you have to consciously wait for life to show you or your evaluation to show you why it's it's actually it sounds easy everything that happens happens for you but it's a conscious state of mind that you have to be in um, for it to be a positive experience very important that's so eloquently put wonderful thank you and now uh, we're on to three things that inspire you johan three things that inspire me um i think the first one and really 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 important one is declutterization um <laughs> mentally and physically and actually um i i cannot I cannot function in in clutter <laughs> any shape, way, shape, or form. It's as if there's so many things distracting me from what I should be doing or thinking or achieving or trying to achieve or whatever that I lose I just lose the plot altogether and immediately. It's not even a gradual process, it just happens. <laughs> 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 that so, makes complete sense to your completely minimal stark background as well actually yeah. it's really good you're very sharp in focus but it's it, yeah. there's nothing behind you there's no clutter yes it's <laughs> slightly out of focus but it's clean it's serene and it's nice and that's that's when i f i function the best let's put it that way um I'm imagining a desk in front of you now that's completely and utterly pristine. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I mean, my, my wife, Rafaela, she walks past sometimes and she moves my pens and my pencils and my stuff because I have them lying where they should be lying. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she'll walk past and she'll look at me and she'll just move the pen just out of a bit of fun that's you know, lovely but... it's a bit like a, a, a cat's ability to just swap something out the way because it can <laughs> so raffaella just comes and disrupts your world by yeah. cluttering your declutter <laughs> and sometimes she even puts it back which is never in the right place but still it's it's a thought that counts you're giving some beautiful <laughs> insights in there which you know it, there is an adage where um if you it's called being a bit i'm not calling you this but it, you've got me comically into the idea of having a tight smith it's called being having a tight sphincter and then the the joke is only dogs can hear you fart because it's <laughs> <laughs> such a high frequency yeah. but anyway decluttering works for you and i commend yes. you for that yeah de decluttering is probably the one but they they two I've, I've got two others as well and that, the one is they actually go together very well L listening and learning 
I love not being the smartest person in the room. I absolutely love it. I love sitting there almost invisible and listening and just learning from people. You, you can sit in a bus and learn things. It's unreal. It's it's <laughs> unbelievable. It doesn't, you know, people always, when I say stuff like that, they always think like corporate you know, um, meetings or it's, it's of course, there as well. Of course, you can. But it's actually in life and how people react to things. How I mean, the other day, I was standing waiting for the bus and it was pouring down. And there was this, it was full. And there were many people and everybody was agitated and everything. And there was this beautiful old lady. And she was so calm and everything. She was just so serene. And she was the first one on the bus when it came. And you could see she was so grateful for that, for that bus, for that ride home. And even that showed me such a lot about her, you know. And Lovely. so yeah, listening and learning is 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 what I do. I love doing. I absolutely love doing it beautiful answers as well and i'm loving how different this is and you know it'll be intriguing for us both and the audience to go and listen to your first pass through the clearing because this is just complete gold revisited which is great <laughs> um now we're on to two uh what are your squirrels of distraction this is borrowed from the film up in my head it's like oh squirrels you know what never fails to grab your attention irrespective uh, of what else is going on for you so what are your yeah. squirrels um at the moment, they, they do change. Well, the one change, the one never changes, and other stuff. At the moment, um, my wife always inspires. She um, always grabs my attention. It's unreal, whether it's her mind or her physical. Physically, it's. I've been married for thirty-one years, and she still takes my breath away sometimes. Oh, yes. And the other thing is um, the color orange at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My and, wife is a squirrel and the color orange. I love yeah. That. Please don't ask me. It's just I'm, I have this thing about orange at the moment. So um, orange is the new black. Orange is orange. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a lovely answer because there's such yeah. a sense of um, there's a poem. I think it's by Brian Patton, which is about. Um, you ask for, I gave you an orange is the punchline of it. So if you Google mm -hmm. that, I'll send it to you. I, I'll send you the orange poem. Wonderful. You. And now a quirky or unusual fact about you we couldn't possibly know about you until you tell us, apart from the fact you're very particular about how your desk is organized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th this one, I actually thought yeah, it came up in a discussion a, a couple of weeks ago. It, I hadn't thought of it for many, many, many years. Is I used to be a yo-yo champion when I was younger. And the reason I actually became the champion was I'm fully ambidextrous. So everything that the other people could do with one hand, I could do with both at the same time. Whoa. And that's why I became yo-yo champion. And that gives you yeah, street cred of yo-yo-yo-yo head, yo-yo. And ambidextrous, is that, is that part of the um, acumen of karate as well, that you were able to do everything ambidextrously? I, I don't think it's it's a contributor to that. I've I've always been able. I was actually. Um, this is actually a very strange story. I was actually left-handed, but in my first and second year of school, I was forced to sit on my left hand and write with my right hand. Ah, old school teaching of almost beating it out of you to be right-handed. Yes, <laughs> correct. And and even that, as I said, everything that happens happens for you. Even that has made me a yo-yo champion because I learned to use both hands equally. I can I can write, I can do everything with both hands actually. Not not everything to the same extent, of course. Yes. Um, for example, tennis, I, I mainly serve with my right hand, not with my left. But everything else is, yeah. I love the fact that if you're losing slightly, you go, and now I'll use my other hand. And then the game changes. <laughs> it does confuse people sometimes. <laughs> but I, I, we've shared our love of tennis. I must give you a game sometime. You know, tennis got me through the pandemic. The idea of being able to twonk a ball about was fantastic. Yeah. 
Absolutely. There was a comedy moment when even, well, it wasn't comic, but the story was that, you know, when even tennis got banned for a while, you know, the idea that you were 20 feet away and there couldn't be anything safer during COVID. But then there was this yeah. sudden fear in society that we were actually tonking virus balls at each other. And mm-hmm. then I had this very comedy moment when I came out of the house and a neighbour said, you are sanitising your balls, aren't you? And I went, I'll uh, sanitise <laughs> your balls in a moment. And there was a, a comedy couple of weeks where I was actually going, uh, and dishwashing my balls between matches. I mean, that's how extreme the world became. But anyway, the punchline being, I'll sanitise your balls sanitize. in a moment. But anyway, that's a, I, I've got a bell, by the way, for if we go down <laughs> any rabbit holes. That was a rabbit hole. Cashier number three, please. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Back on track, and it's not about me, it's about you. So we've shaken your tree beautifully, and I love the fact, punchline, Johan is a yo-yo-yo, yo-yo champion. Great, curious fact. And now we're staying in the clearing, having shaken your tree. Next, we're talking about alchemy and gold. When you're at purpose and in flow, Johan Ilgenfritz, founder, CEO of UK Health Radio, what are you absolutely happiest doing in what you're here to reveal to the world? What I do now, that is my absolute go-to spot, Um, helping people, informing people, animating people, invigorating people, um, giving people, even though I hate the word hope, um, giving them hope, and above all, getting them to become part of their life process, which includes, of course, health process, uh physically mentally and spiritually that is as the old very old saying goes what makes my boat float it just it's 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 my life it literally is i i cannot think of not having the privilege to do it to be very honest with you chris and that's a beautiful segue into this moment where, because in your clearing, this is a founder story, brand strand episode. So UK Health Radio now, front and centre in the clearing. What I'm aware of, and I'm privileged to be a part of the network, is that it, it covers the whole gamut of health care. So if you, if you have a condition, it's very, very likely that you've got to show all about it to help people. Yes, um, we've, we have 41 presenters, of, as you mentioned, of, you, of which you are one. Um, the shows, especially the other shows, are all only about health. So we have a few uh, what I call magazine-style shows where we cover different topics of health, in health, um, different issues, health issues, whatever, however you want to um, put it. And then we have many other shows where I have then received from our listeners we get up to about three four hundred emails a day of people asking us for information in certain areas of health diseases cancers diabetes etc i take that information those numbers and i i have a list and then i can see what information is the most needed and then i go content at uk health Radio is my job that's what i do i then go and i find a health professional um, in that area to be able to deliver a show. We train them to be radio presenters, but we make it very clear that they are health professionals. They're not radio presenters, DJs. They're not supposed to be as good as the other people. All they're supposed to be is, is get the message across of what they are trying to tell people. And that's what we look at. And that's what we focus at, you know, um, Radio is a, is, a, is a very personal medium. And if done correctly, and I, I think we do it correctly, um, we really strive to do it in this manner, is that it doesn't matter how many people are listening. It's about the experience that each one of those people have. And each one of those people must feel as if you are speaking to them, with them, personally. And that is what radio is about. That's what makes it such a personal medium. And that's what um, we try on a daily basis to achieve. Lovely answer. And um, the success is growing. You're on the ascension because there's also a a real seeding into the the big global player podcast platforms as well now, which is getting even more audience to it. So do you want to just talk about your audience figures at the moment? 
Absolutely. Um, as I said, the radio, or as you mentioned, the radio started with two listeners. We're now at 1.4 million people worldwide. Um, the demographics have changed a little, unfortunately. UK was always the main listener group. It's the USA now. Um, but yes, I think that uh, a lot of that contributes to... Um, now, this is only radio I'm talking about. This is not podcasts. Uh, we launched the podcast under the UK Health Radio umbrella a year ago, exactly. Well, January a year ago. Um, we up to... Uh, 104,000 downloads there, as I said, but it's uh, on, on 12 podcast platforms. So we are on, on all of them worldwide, all the big podcast platforms. And that, I think, has tremendously helped us um, also with the numbers. But funnily enough, I was expecting, you know, there, there's a very famous soft drink. When they brought out the diet version, they didn't double their sales. Half of the people that used to drink the one with the sugar then bought the one without the sugar. And I was expecting that to happen to our to our listenership when we launched the podcast. I was actually quite fearful of it. That's why I I didn't do the podcast so quickly um, or, or earlier, let's put it yes. that way. Um, but it hasn't. Our, our listenership, radio listenership has kept the same and growing. And the podcast seems to be like seems to be a, a different mm. group of people altogether, which which was really surprising and and and, and wonderful because I didn't want it to detract from the other the one to yes. detract from the other. So it's a different demographic, a bit of a one plus one equals three type endeavor ultimately. Correct. It, it definitely is, because as I said, our listenership never went down, not for a day. Um the exact opposite. It's continuous, uh, continuously growing. The podcast demographic is different. It's it's still it's only been out a year, but it's slow. I f I find it slow. Hundred and four thousand. I think we should be probably a bit higher than that by now. But yeah, I'm I'm not complaining. It's it's definitely a different group of of people listening. And now. I'm going to award you with a cake, if I may, uh, Johan. So um, this is a final storytelling suffused metaphor where you get to put a cherry on the cake uh, with stuff like some questions I'm about to ask you. But first of all, do you like cake, Johan? I don't. <laughs> That's really fine. So we won't have to sort of argue the toss as to which cake you'd like me to metaphorically send you. So we're going to go straight to the metaphor then of yeah. putting a cherry on the cake. And I like the fact you don't. That's a great answer. So what's a favorite inspirational quote that's always given you sucker and pulled you towards your future? Okay. I'm very, I'm very, I've actually, when I, when I, I'm actually very weary of quotes because quotes are often from, or always from other people and often from a time way past way, way past even, which doesn't mean I don't use them, but quite a few of them I have adapted for me, actually, as part of, of mantras and all kinds of things. So I, if you don't mind, I'll give you a few okay. just quickly. I won't yes. go into detail into them because it's very hard for me to, to just single out one. But um, I think probably the most important one is uh, by Mark Twain is – there are two important days in every person's life, the day you're born and the day you find out why. I mean, really, let, let's face it, that is just, and, that, and that's in a hundred years, in a thousand years, it will still be how it is, how it was for me. And then there are, there are a few others. Um, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Very important, especially when you think about it, uh, when you think oh, it's, it has to do with what I mentioned earlier as well with evaluation. So if you evaluate something and you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, they do. The whole perspective can change. Um, <laughs> I like this one. Um, you know the saying, you can have your cake and eat it. I know we're in the right section. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you can't have your cake and eat it. Well, my, my version of it is you can have your cake and eat it. And another version of, of something similar is the grass is always greener on the other side. My version is the grass is always lush green on both sides of my fence. It works for me. It, it, it just, I just needed to, to change. And, and I think the last one I've mentioned already, um, very, very powerful. Everything that happens, happens for you. Lovely answers. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given, Johan? Um, that's a, that's a really difficult one. I think, um, it's action has genius. And when I started on my, on my cancer journey, we had that saying written on the chalkboard in our, in our house for years until I actually got to the point where I actually understood it. That action has genius. You know, I, I believe in miracles. I believe in the good of people. I believe in all kinds of things. But if those things that you aspire happen so much easier when you take action, planned action, evaluated action. Um, there's a, I, and I saw this on Facebook the other day, and it, it, it sort of just made how I feel about the, the saying action has genius, made it visual. There were, there were two ladders standing up against the wall, and the one ladder had a lot of small steps close to each other, and the person was high up already, halfway up his ladder. And on the other side, there was this ladder with huge gaps between the steps. And there was this person still on the ground trying to get to the first ladder uh, step. And, and that really made sense to me. You, action has genius. You've got to think into things, and you've got to take steps, small steps, one at a time, not see the whole mountain, see the next step in front of you. And I think, uh, I think that's probably the, the most powerful thing I've, 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 ever, um, I've ever learned, actually. With the gift of hindsight now, what notes, help or advice would you offer to a younger version of Johann Ilgenfritz? And you can pick an age to best suit when you'd like to sort of turn up as a, a bit of a, well, a, a virtual appearance to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, hologram, that's the word I was thinking. So imagine you, you hologram back. Yeah. Pick a time I, and what would you say to yourself? I think it would probably... I, difficult to say the time but it will probably be around my teenage years um i think the first thing i would say to them the, the, the heading would be learn to think think about things um be inquisitive if uh, i've used this word too many times i'm sorry but if evaluate challenge and that all comes through thinking into things and there's a saying that I that I that I really follow. Don't think about things, think into things. Thinking about things creates confusion because you can go around in circles if you just think about things, yeah. you know. But if you think into things and you evaluate what you're thinking into, I think I wish I knew that now at 16. I think um it would have been, uh, perhaps my life would have been a different thing. And I'm not saying it would have been better, and I'm not saying I would have been better or achieved more. This is not what it's about. It's just, I, I had to wait almost 50 years before I got to that. <laughs> and that's the nature of the human condition. I love yeah. that. Before I had the pleasure of experiencing that realization, if I could put it that way. Yes. Because it's, it is a pleasure. It, it is really thrilling to know that. 
We're ramping up to Shakespeare finally, and I'll explain that in a moment. But just before we do that, this is the past the golden baton moment, please. So now you've experienced yeah. this again uh, from within. Who would you most like to pass the golden baton along to in your network who you think would most enjoy, appreciate or benefit from being given a damn good listening to in this way? Yeah, I, I um, there's actually only one person that I would. Um, he is he has been a, a tremendous support friend um not really mentor anything because what he does is is so different that i can't even start to to try and follow him in it or or anything his name is is uh, mas sayadi he's an american gentleman that i met at a show here in in london at the olympia here in london many many Seven, six, seven, eight years ago, and he—he's—he transforms the limited into limitless. Actually, the only way I can describe him, he—I—I uh, I can't, and I'm not going to descri- try and describe him. Please go onto the internet and look at Masayadi, M-A-S-S-A-J-A-D-Y. Um, because what he does is, and the way he does it, it's the, he does it in such a humble, direct, powerful way that um, it literally is life-changing. And thank you for the gift of Mas Sayadi, and I will look him up, and that's a beautiful passing of the golden baton. Thank you. Yeah. And now, inspired by Shakespeare and all the world's a stage at all the better women billy players. And by the way, this is the act was not a first folio but this is the complete works of Shakespeare I bought when I went to drama school in my own path this is Chris Grimes 16986 when I went to the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School so it's quite a nice prop so uh, we're going to talk about legacy now borrowed from the seven ages of man and women uh, speech all the world's a stage with all the better women really players to talk about legacy Johan Ilgen Fritz when all is said and done how would you most like to be remembered actually very easy um as a good husband and dad um i've had the opportunity to 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 work from home a lot of my life even if, as a photographer um we lived in a studio in those loft studios in the beginning where uh, my children were there all the time or my first child at that stage <laughs> was there all the time and now with UK Health Radio as well, I work from a home studio, most of a uh, home office most of the time. So I really had the pleasure of seeing both my boys grow up. And I I sit in the same office as my wife with Rafaela. We work together, not because we have to, but because we like to, we want to. Um, so yeah, good husband, good dad, and of course UK Health Radio. Um, not necessarily what I've created but what it can achieve what uk health radio can achieve is would be a nice legacy to um uk health radio the information on the could help so many people and that would be a wonderful um thing for me to know that i created where can we find out all about johan ilgenfritz and uk health radio on the internet um yeah, it's uh, the as um, as we've said before, it's a worldwide station, so it's an internet radio station. So it's not FMAM. So www.ukhealthradio.com is the website. Through the website, you can access Health Triangle magazine. It's a digital magazine, um, so it's not printed. It's um, it's a subscription. You can subscribe, download it, um, and read it whenever you wish. So those are that's the main thing. Um, also on the website, you can go onto um, our our mother podcast platform, um, and from there on, you can choose whichever one you want to or that you frequent often. So if you on Spotify or on Google um, Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or whatever, you can then select where and how you want to listen to it from there. Um, Social media, everything, um, whether it's uh, 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all at UK Health Radio. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And as this has been your moment in the sunshine in the Good Listening To show, Stories of Distinction and Genius, and again, a sincere thanking of you, sorry, thank you for having me as part of your platform on UK Health Radio. Is there anything else you'd like to say, Johan? Um, yeah, I'd just like to repeat something, actually, if I may. Um, just think and ev evaluate it. My father once said to me, wisdom is evaluated experience. And I think in today's world, people are always looking at experience, experience. You can have 12 years of experience or 20 for that matter. But if you've done the same thing for 20 years, you've actually only got one year of experience. And you have very young, very promising, very bright young people that have one year of experience, but they've evaluated that experience and they've learned from it. And I think, I honestly think that that that's worth more than somebody that's just on the treadmill doing the same thing over for 20 years. Lovely. Uh, thank you so much, Johan, for being here. Um, this has been a delight to have you have your second pass through the clearing. So tune in next week for more stories for the clearing. I've been Chris Grimes. Check out the website for this show too. Uh, apart from watching it and listening to it on UK Health Radio, it's thegoodlisteningtoshow.com. Thank you very much indeed. Would you like to say anything finally, finally? Just bye-bye and thank you so much for having me. And goodbye you've been listening to the good listening to show here on uk health radio with me chris grimes oh it's myself if you've enjoyed the show then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from the clearing if you'd like to connect with me on linkedin then please do so there's also a dedicated facebook group for the show too you can contact me about the program or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me care of my level up your impact program that's chris at secondcurve.uk on twitter and instagram it's at that chris grimes so until next time from me chris grimes from uk health radio and from stan to your good health and goodbye so johan you've just had a second pass through the clearing in the good listening to show could i get your immediate feedback on what that felt like to be curated through this particular journey i know it's a program you know well because you have to put it into uk health radio every week but how was that for you second time around what was it like but it was amazing i love you i love the steps and i love the process you take people through it's it's a it's a flow process the one leads you into the other and i think that 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 is what makes it so successful chris thank you